Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashton McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. And this is episode 73. Closer to that 100 mark, which I think yeah. we should celebrate somehow. Obviously, that's a while away, so we can talk about that. No, wait, hold on. We'll have a whole season ending and starting actually before that, so never mind. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, I think it will still happen this year, though, if my maths treats me well. It should do. It, I, I mean, I, yeah. we don't have set amounts for like our breaks and stuff, but last one was, what, six weeks? Yeah, we had six weeks. Mm. Um, it was nice, though, because the last break was over Christmas. Um, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was definitely ideal, the timing, I think. Yeah, this time it doesn't. I think the new season will start just before... Well, depending on how we give ourselves, but... I have a little uh, look. Just before Christmas, yeah. We can figure that out. We can figure yeah. that out when we're back in real life and able to have conversations face-to-face. Well, I mean, I was saying this because... Um, I don't see how... I mean, I say whatever real life is. I think that for the rest of this year, we will be definitely under some sort of measures, but I don't know... We'll be able to record in real life. I don't think things will get back to normal. So, for example, um, we had a wedding booked in for June and that's all cancelled and stuff, but it's been moved to October. I don't believe that, and it's in Italy, I don't believe that that wedding will go through. Yeah, I think, I think... I'd like it to, very much so, but I I don't know. I, I, I personally don't think large group gatherings will happen. So, things like... Concerts won't happen, pride events won't happen, um, music festivals, they won't happen. I highly doubt things like cinemas and theatres will happen if, unless they, no, I I don't think they're going to happen. I don't Um, think so. But I think, first of all, I think what's critical is offices will reopen (coughs) and the economy has to start again. It Um, has to. It has to. It has to because yeah and then what i think is your i think me coming around to your house is going to be fine like having small i think we'll just people. keep it online it's fine i think it works this way no i, I quite no, joking, I, I, I miss joking. <laughs> i miss that face i really do miss my weekly gaze into those beautiful beautiful eyes of yours and thinking god why is he so pretty do you know i will say this one thing that I've been very happy about, which hasn't changed too much, in fact, it might have improved, is the quality of my face. I've been looking at it in the mirror, and maybe it's just like to keep myself up. But uh, I'm like, uh, given everything that's happening, I feel like, I don't know, I've, I, you see like people posting online and stuff, and I'm like, they look a lot worse since this started. And I don't know why, if it's they're sleeping more or not taking care of themselves or something. But I'm very happy with my maintenance of my appearance. I will say that. Some days, even to treat myself, I put on some cologne. <laughs> it's for no one <laughs> except myself. But like, today I just feel like smelling nice because I always like to smell nice in real life. I always put on a lot of, like, you know, um, aftershave, whatever, in real life. Um, every I put on every single day. I, like, I carry it around with me, whereas some people don't yeah. put it on at all. And which is fine, like, you know, as long as you don't smell, like, it's not a problem. But I like, like, I like the compliment of people being like, oh, you smell really nice. Well, I have two. I I have two standards of aftershaves. 
I also put cologne on today just to, you know, I was going to Tesco's and I thought, fuck it, spruce myself up a bit. In it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have like two standards for when it comes to things like cologne or aftershave, whatever you want to call them. Um, I have an expensive one. It's just for big nights out or good nights out. But I just have an everyday one, which I just spray on before I go to work. And I ah. usually have the mm. same same bottle in my work office. So it's this is like cheaper as well. It's not like expensive. It's just You just put it in and just if you've got a client meeting or whatever, you know, like a little bit of a... I would have that, but I have like different ones. So I don't have like a set one. I like to change it up depending on how I'm feeling because some are a bit more feminine, some are a bit more um, musky or whatever you'd want to call it. Some are the, just the cheaper ones, you know, like the cheap gifts that you're like, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere special today, so I need to use this bottle. Yeah. So I'm going to put that on, um, yeah, for example. But there are some set ones that I will use on nights out that I really, really like, although I'm looking at it, I can see it like in front of me. Because um, I never, so obviously because I'm scroungy as fuck, all of my, I never buy aftershave or cologne like it's always gifts you know mm. um, but they've always been gifts from mostly partners parents and family yeah and now well I, I won't have any now because over my birthday my last two birthdays and christmases i haven't had any so i'm dwindling bad like i had so much before i had so many and now yeah they're, they're definitely going down so i need to figure out how to get my new partner's parent to get me some well, I mean, I could buy. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out that bit. Okay, I mean, I don't know how you figure that out, but I'll leave it with you. I don't know how I'm going to do it either. Consider my birthday's very far away, very, very yeah. far. Your birthday. The problem with your birthday is too close to Christmas. It can be a problem, and it can't be. So it was a problem sometimes with. Well, this is why I don't like Christmas that much. Like we said this before, because. Christmas was never that big in my household, I think because my mum would put a lot of effort into our birthdays. But then once she's done that, she's kind of like spent all her monies. But it was also yeah. good, I'll go again to, um, you know, my last boyfriend's family. They basically just gave me loads of money for my birthday and Christmas. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I even said to Adam, it's, it's quite a lot now. And he's like, well, they've got nothing else to spend money on. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just their own, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So they used to do that. Um, but yeah, it was always really bad for like big birthday events sometimes, just because I want I'd like want to go away or something, and people would be like, "Oh, that's no, too close to Christmas." I um, my birthday is in June, so it's not far away. Everyone, you'll definitely um, still be in islands for sure. No, I think I'll be back. I'll be I'll be back in I I I I'll be back in London whenever um, social distancing starts to like if I because I because I'm still working I need to if they need people to start going to the offices I'll have to be back to go to the office that makes sense I just I, I don't think social distancing will change but only because like the government's furlough scheme is to the end of June now like they've extended it so if they think that that's going to be needed until the end of June it makes me more apprehensive that we will then be allowed to congregate in workplaces and. Things will pick back up, you know. Mm. We shall see. I um, we shall see. Well, it is what it is. Like if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm not, I'm not. Mm. My work contract, my work contract ends in June. Oh so yeah. I'll be, I'll be really piffed. If, so um, <laughs> you know what to do with your extra money is nothing. Leave it. Do not touch well, it. That's it. I, I can't do anything. After after like as much as like we were just saying before we start recording how little I've spent of my wages because there's nothing to do and it's like well I can't really do anything with it anyway because I have to save because I, mm. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do for work after um, after this all ends 
anyway, how was your week? Uh, my week's been pretty slow, I, I will say. Um, a lot of computer games. Do you know what I started doing? Is I started what? learning Italian. Ooh. Yeah, so... Oh, bonjour, monsieur. That... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly that. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> um, because Ed is Italian, and I normally do like French because I learned French in school, and, and I'm not very good with languages um, anyway. I will say that I'm not natural at like learning vocabulary and things like that, but um, I can like do the accents quite well, which is good. Um, and some of the words can in French, you is... though? yeah, definitely. I can do a great okay, French accent. Uh... Do a German, do a German accent. No, no. If I, if I can copy it, like if someone, so I can't just do a German accent, but if someone was like, okay, this is a German word, you know, pronunciation, like, so, you know, you've got English people speaking, or, um, you know, speaking French and they'd be like, bonjour, merci, you know, um, yeah. things like that. Like I can, it's so hot. I, I can generally like copy like the actual French way where they've got like that <sighs> at the back. Um, you know, and in this Italian one, like a lot of like, there's a lot of like subtle, basically they sound out every single vowel. So I thought it was like buongiorno, right? But it's not, it's like buon giorno, if you were going to say like every little bit of it. But they just say it really yeah. fast. So that's really tough. And then they roll their R's, obviously. Can you roll your R's like that R sound? No, I can do that. Yeah. So they do that, which is quite good. Um... So yeah, slowly but surely. So trying to just do that, just something to do. So a little bit of Duolingo every day. And then in the mornings we'll like speak um, in Italian. And then next, from Monday, we'll start, um, I'll start doing my numbers as well. So every week I'll learn 10 numbers, which is, you know, little, but it's just about practice and a bit like that. Um, which is something to do, isn't it? It's something to do. Yeah. I'm very jealous of these people who are able to have all this free time to do stuff like this. I know it's sort of... Sort of a weird balance in my head because I should not take for granted the fact that I have a job and I definitely do not take that for granted the fact that I'm one of the few people in the country that still is working through this mm. and now I touch wood. Um, but when I read about all these people, I don't know if it's bullshit or not, but when you read about all these people who are, you know, I'm spending my time, I'm doing this, I get up and I do yoga at nine in the morning and I do this and I'm just like, oh my God. I, I personally am so excited to see all these amazing people come out their front doors after this isolation is lifted, speaking new languages, doing new <laughs> skills. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I'm so anxious. Is anxious the right word? I anticipate this so much. I, it's just overwhelming. Because I read about a lot of it on social media, about how mm. amazing these people are doing. So I, I mean, I think it. it's part for themselves as well. Like, I, you know, social media is bad for that. Like, it only posts or shows, like the good and like glorious things but it doesn't talk about like the fact that like so like this week like it's good this week i've definitely come to terms with like the situation much better because before i feel very guilty or very bad for like watching tv or playing computer games during the day and stuff um yeah. and not filling out all my days being productive where i've been a bit lighter myself and you know alex who we know is you know one of our best absolute best followers um well, the podcast sent me a message after the, you know, because I'd said like, you know, feeling a lot of guilt and stuff and, and you can't be so hard on yeah. yourself. So, I mean, I don't post often about the things I'm doing in that way, but um, I'm trying yeah. to not be so hard on myself. Um, 
when it comes to being productive during the week and I pick my days and you know I had, I had a strong start to the week a lot of cleaning and stuff cleaning always makes me feel really good I will say that like I, I don't necessarily enjoy cleaning itself what I do enjoy is the like removal of and like the tidying up of like clutter and stuff and it just makes me feel like I can breathe again I'm that kind of person um yeah. So like I, I cleaned a lot at the beginning of the week because I thought I thought because before I thought it was difficult I was like you know oh we all need to clean as a household and this that and the other and we did a big clean at the beginning of it to be fair but I was like well do you know what I'm the only one at the moment in the house who's not working the other guys are working um, one of my housemates is working like proper late sometimes he was working like until like ten or eleven the other night mm-hmm. um, uh, and I'm not doing those things so like I definitely can help clean and, and do a bit more around the house you know because I think it's important you know I'm not. I, I do technically have more free time when it comes to those sort of things. Um, yeah. But still a lot still a lot of television, a lot of computer games, which I enjoy. And I also, I need to watch my pennies, but this was too hard not to give up. I bought a Switch, a Nintendo Switch. You bought one? Yeah. Yeah, a second-hand one. Ooh. Someone had one available, so it should be arriving at the beginning of next week, which I'm super excited about. So I could play more computer games. And I told my mum, and she was like, fuck me, man, your days. <laughs> she was like, I'm there doing a decorating. You're just talking about how you're going to watch more TV and play more computer games. My mum is loving the Switch at the minute. She's still obsessed with Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, lo- she loves it. She absolutely loves it. That's good. That's good. She sits there and plays. I said to my mum she should play more computer games. She's like, no, no, it's not for me. So what I've done is I've ordered her a puzzle, so it should arrive this week, and then she'll get there. Um, like a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. yeah she likes jigsaw puzzles uh, yeah it should be good have you seen or heard of race across the world oh uh, yeah i've heard of it i've not watched it my boss told me about this oh my goodness it's so good we were watching so today's the final and then uh it was like me and edge show to watch together and i mean we binged like three over this weekend to get to be able to watch the final today so oh. good so so good i would love to at first i was like oh I'm... like even jordan jordan was like oh, i'm gonna sign up for it and then i was a bit offended because he didn't ask me but he was like i literally didn't even think of you and i was like why and he was like you would never want to do anything like this and i was like that's true but after i've watched this and seen it do, do you know what the premise is i have no idea so it's like these there's these couples that will travel from one destination to the other and they're very vast distances but it's going, but they're not allowed to fly, and their budget is only the cost of a flight. So in this series, this is the second series, they're flying from Mexico. They're going from Mexico City down to the like the most bottom part of Argentina, which is also like the southernmost city in South America. Um, and it's across two months, and so it's only by coach. It's only by roads or by sea. They can't fly, right? Um, right. And they've got a very limited budget, so they can like work as they go along. And they've got to find the best ways to get to it. And there's different... The good thing is there's checkpoints, right? So over the two months, there's like eight checkpoints that are set up that are given to them by like the show. So they don't have to go directly there and find the whole way. They get told to go to each destination. And then at these destinations are very beautiful, very lush um, accommodations. And they get to stay there for a couple of days where they get to like de-stress and wash and clean their clothes and all these sorts of things. Um, and they go off again. They stay in their hostels. And a lot of them are getting like night buses so they don't need to pay for accommodation. But they're on coaches for like 26, 28 hours straight. It just doesn't sound enjoyable to me. Well, it's just the whole experience though, isn't it? Like, it's just like, you know, you get to see parts of the world you'd never see experienced. Because there's obviously, that's the thing that like you watch someone on the show and they're like, 
you know, there's very ups and downs. So they're all like really hyper bit and then they all go through their troubles and they seem to pick people in, in, um, who have challenges within their relationship. So it's like one couple that's an uncle and a nephew who, you know, the uncle had kind of left the family, um, and didn't really get too much involved in them. There's like this married couple who the, the, the man in this relationship had, um, recently gone deaf in, deaf in both ears. So he was deaf in one ear and then he got completely deaf in the other one. And then he just said it affected their relationship a lot in the way that, you know, they interact and, and things like that. Then it's a mother and son and we find out that he's adopted. Um, and it's just, it's just really beautiful. Such a good show. Oh. Honestly, you should watch it. And it's only like eight episodes, nine episodes. We're definitely going to watch the first season, but it makes me really want to apply and see how it goes. Oh, you should try and apply. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we could both go. We would absolutely kill each other. Um, I, I think we would kill each other. <laughs> uh, I, that makes good TV, though. It definitely does. It definitely does. I think I'd be good on the show. <laughs> the whole way I'd be like, excuse me, is this gluten-free? You'd be like, nobody fucking oh cares. Oh, my God. Nobody cares. <gasps> I didn't even think of that. You wouldn't be able to eat. I imagine how thin you'd be at the end of the trip, though. <laughs> I would be so svelte. Oh, oh my god! Honestly, <laughs> imagine trying to find gluten-free food in all of these places. Well, I think um, yeah, it'd be a nightmare. I, yeah, I just eat lots of fruit, and then I get the shits. That would happen. That happened in Hong Kong because I didn't want to eat any of the food, so I just ate lots of fruit and then just had the shits the whole time. So yeah, you definitely would lose a lot of weight, which would be excellent. Mm. Yeah, the first it's series. A, they go from, like, uh, I think they go from London to Singapore, because apparently that's the longest route you can travel in the world by road or by sea. Imagine that, London to Singapore. Oh, wow, yeah. You yeah. go all the way across Europe and... Oh, wow. Mm. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually an excellent show. I think it's really well made. Um, you just want everyone to do well. Uh, you honestly do. Um, the actual... But the standouts are definitely there. The mother and son are just 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 incredible joe and sam so bbc what's it on bbc oh, iplayer yeah so today's the finale so as in sunday today um which is also i know i keep talking but i will continue to do so um which i found out because it's so bad and this is where we fuck up right so did you know do you know what this week was <laughs> today or this week is nature day or something nature week no it's um Lesbian Visibility Day. Well, I mean... And, and this week has been Lesbian Visibility... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> lesbian Visibility Week. The amount of hype around everything else, right? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not seen a single thing on social media at all. <laughs> I was like, oh God. It, it is like... I, but I also think, unfortunately, because we're in this middle of this, whatever's going on. Is it? I've tried. Is to it? Well, no, I mean. Did you know that last year? I, no, but like, I, I, what I'm saying is, I've not seen anything on social media, but then I've also tried to not be on social media as much. <clears throat> is that true? No, I mean, yes and no, because <laughs> I, have, I have been on social media quite a lot. But, yeah, I don't know. But then, like, I. You know, I hear about like bisexuality week and you know all these different ones. It's not my fault the lesbians. You know, I, I would have thought if any of the groups within the LGBTQ plus were going to 
rally together and construct something that was going to be prominent, it would be the lesbians. It's not my fault they can't organize something to get their voices heard. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of similar to what we want to talk about in general for this episode about like voices being heard and then, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but I didn't know that this week was Lesbian Visibility no, Week. No, neither did I. Until and we all deserve to be visible. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I like to so do it in bright colours. Yeah. I like to be a peacock. This time next year, can you just organise something for the lesbians? I don't know if today's the right day to make jokes about lesbians, so I will not make any jokes. No, I'm, not, I'm just saying... No, I was going to, I was going to, but I'm not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to seem ignorant. <laughs> no, it's rude. Not on their visibility week, it would just be rude. Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was your week, Ashley? My week was pretty standard work. I, I you know, I've not really w- started watching Westworld again. Do you know that show Westworld? Someone said it's been really bad recently. Uh, do you know what? I, season three started and I've heard mixed things. Now, I love season one. Season two, I got halfway through and I thought, this is just shit. So I thought, right, I'll rewatch season two. So I'll rewatch season two. And I can understand now why I didn't like it. Um, I don't even know what it's about. Reason. I don't even know what it is, to be honest. It's some space sci-fi people. though, isn't it? It, it? Yeah, it's not space, but it's um. So the whole premise <clears> is it's written the, the the whole the original story is written by the same person who wrote Jurassic Park, um, and it is basically you go to Westworld, and it's a world where you as a human can go and interact with robots and outlive like this Wild West theme fantasy. Uh, ah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how deep the book goes into it. Um, but essentially there's different worlds as well. Like there's an Indian world and there's like a medieval world and stuff like that. But the the, the show only focuses on Westworld. You get glimpses into like samurai world and different worlds, but they're not like the main story focuses around the, the Westworld. And essentially, you know, in the, I don't know if it happens again in this original story, but like these, these men would come and they'd rate women in this, in this Westworld park, like who are robots. But the, the robots start to become cognitive they start to remember things mm. and essentially it's like a robot uprising um and this is all the first season the, the first season deals with yeah pretty much the it deals with the story it sort of helps build into the west world what it is how it serves and then towards the end it's when it, it's how they how the robots become cognitive mm. um and then at the very end a big thing happens season two deals with sort of again you're still in Westworld but it's like humans versus robots on a bigger scale um, season three and which is which is find it interesting they like the description or how they're classed on different sites has changed for season one and season two they're described as West or Westerns but in season three it's des- described as dystopians so um I started. I started watching that. So season three started the other. I started watching the other day. And a few episodes. <clears> behind. I'm not drawn by it, but then I also don't know what else to watch. So um, yeah, I'll see. We'll see. There's some good um, things to watch. You should watch Too Hot to Handle. No, I'm not watching reality TV. Ugh. No, I will say that you know, we talked last week about my friend's show. Um, I watched another episode this morning. Actually, I went to watch it last week, but I forgot. But watch another episode. Watch this episode this morning, and this episode was really, really good. Because you like all the people in it. It just shows you that when you like the people who are on the show, you like the show. 
The other yeah. episodes, I just find faults with everyone on it. Um, <laughs> but this was a bubbly straight couple, and they loved everything. They're like, and she was just lovely, and he was just lovely, and it's just like they're so cute. I just want them to do well. My brother. I tell you what, I will. That, oh, go on. I, I will watch Shit's Creek again from start. I want to watch that from the start. When is it supposed to come out in the UK? Like the final season? Too fucking long. It's I know it's really nice. Um, I do love Shit's Creek. I won't watch it again though um, until I've watched the final season. I think. Mm. And then the other point. big thing I watched this week was Invisible Man, which I thought was really good. Not That's brilliant, film, right? But really good. The film, yeah. I don't know what it is. Obviously, I don't. I haven't watched a single film. This not that surprising. Me. Did you not message me saying it was really good? The Invisible Man? Yeah. No, that was not me. I, I posted on my Instagram that I was watching it, and I got like a million messages, and I'm... I'm where's your, where are you on Instagram? Oh, I did it um, as a parody. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you look so good. Enjoy. Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking, I was like, when would you have watched that? And then I thought, no. God, if Matt's watched it, watch. I'm really out of touch. We should do a film night, though. We did say that, actually. Because um, yeah. what was, we said ghosts should be on there. Yeah, we've, we watched Pretty Woman, didn't we? We did, and that was really good. I really enjoyed that, actually. Yeah. Um, I would say we should watch Ghost. It's another one of those sort of classics. Um, Dirty Dancing is another one that's really good. I mean, we're sticking to a very specific genre here, but there's brilliant films that fall outside the rom-com genre. <laughs> Rom-com's um, good for me, though. I like I like films that aren't too long. Like, an hour and a half is great. Not two and a half, three hours. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, easy plot lines. Uh, and nothing's too... Yeah. Like, I, I don't really care too much for cinematography. So, like, grand landscapes and things really don't do it for me. Um, well, it's all about... we'll, start with, we'll, start, we'll start with these character and plot-driven stories. Yeah, yeah, I like those. They, they're really good for me. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing exciting, unfortunately. I built some Lego. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I bought myself a wee Lego set and I built it. What What did you make? It was... Uh, it was like... Skeletons. But it was dinosaur skeletons. So there was a T-Rex, there was a um, flying thing, and there was the Triceratops. For some reason, I was always so bad doing those things growing up. Like, we didn't have Lego. We used... Um, have you, do you remember Connects? Oh, yeah, I hear it connects, but yeah, yeah. Like, I was just so bad at making these things. I think it was more like I didn't care. Whereas Chris, my brother, he was excellent. Like, he loved making the really elaborate big sets and he could get them all going. And, you know, we, we had, yeah. my mum bought a lot of them. We used to have a lot of different ones in our house, actually. So we had quite elaborate, mm. big, like, um, structures in the house. Uh, but yeah. connects, yeah, connects wasn't for me. Not connects, anything building. Huh? Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, no, not for me. Um, I remember going to Hamleys though, and they used to have in the windows. Hamleys is like a, like the biggest toy store toy store in London for sure. Probably one of the one of the biggest in the world, if I imagine. Um, and they used to have like massive connects displays in the windows, and they always looked amazing because you can get like motors for them and you know movable parts. We never got those. We never got like the electric bits for it. Uh, yeah, we never went that far. Oh, well. Shall we jump into today's topic? Yes, yes. (laughs) 
um, I saw something as I was watching Race Across the World. I've seen an advert at BBC. Well, not an advert, like a little screenshot of a show that I thought just from the title it had me hooked. So um, I'd asked, I sent it to Ashley, and we hadn't watched it yet. Um, and then we both watched it, and it was called um, "I'm a Men's Activist." And it involves, I, I thought for some reason there was another part to the name, but there isn't, is there? <laughs> um, uh, A men's rights activist, that's what it is. I'm a men's, I was like, what's the word? A men's rights activist. And the title says, journalist Alvaro Alvarez travels with former porn star, a men's rights activist, Philip Tanza, to a conference on men's issues, shedding light on the controversial movement. And I'd never heard of this conference. I'd kind of heard of like men's rights um, and people supporting that. I didn't know there was a whole community or like thing, but it's stupid. You know, I never really looked into it. Um, so we watched the show. The show's only like 25 minutes long and it ends quite abruptly. It feels like there needs to be more episodes. Um, yep. The way that it ends, but that's it. It just, it just was that. And then, yeah, kind of looks a little bit online about these people and this person and stuff. What I find really interesting, actually, and because um, Pink News had, did an article based on the show, just talking about it, and basically um, they obviously didn't like it. <clears throat> and even on the show... Who, did so, this, who didn't like it? Pink News. Okay, yeah. You know, um, they... You know... What? Not for the... Like, this movement, for sure. Um, it's, it's really important that everybody constantly says that he was... A porn star, and I don't know if you think so, but it doesn't seem to matter. It's not like an integral part of anything to do with what it's about, right? Am I wrong? No, I don't think it is. I think um, I think as an angle into the to the men's rights movement, it's a weird angle to take because it doesn't like. Him and his history in porn doesn't really affect the message of the men's rights movement. I think it was more, if we add a bit of sensationalism to this one person will follow, it might make it a bit more appealing. Or yeah. it might drag in a different crowd out of just morbid curiosity. Mm. He does talk about like um, his reasoning for becoming a porn star. And he said, um, he ultimately had like a mission for uh to change the way that men are perceived in porn and that mm -hmm. ultimately like his aim was unsuccessful so he was doing yeah. porn he, for like three a, years yeah he was mr leather wasn't he as well in germany or something yeah yeah um and i he said that porn is just too big which is fair because it is actually a massive, massive. <laughs> and gotten bigger over this period of time for sure um <laughs> What did you think of... Did So, first thing I asked, actually, is um, did the show match what your expectations were just from the very short title and, like, brief description? I think it's... To me, it was weird. I'm surprised it was on the BBC iPlayer, if I'm honest. It, really? Um, As opposed to what, like, Channel 5? Channel 4, yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, the, the, and, the, and the reason being... I think it's such a good topic, but I just don't think this 24-minute thing executed it very well. It didn't set out with a purpose, and I, th I found it very, I found it very biased. 
percent. Like uh, leading I mean, questions, I mean, it, it's sorry, Karen. Karen. Well, yeah, exactly. The, the questions were they were not so much aimed at discovering the man's um, thoughts. It, it was very much more. I'm going to try and push you down a path which makes the, what you stand for not seem legit. And I think it was then cut with scenes. And the, the big thing that stood out with me, the, the guys go to this conference in California. Chicago. And it was cut... Oh, yeah, Chicago, sorry. Um, and it was cut with this one scene where this old man puts on the Make American Great Again hat. And I was like, I don't understand... To me, it's just built up this association that the men's right movement is then following along the same lines of what you would push with MAGA. Um, And that's actually, if you, on the Pink News article, it does say in like bold lettering. So they talk about um, this guy that speaks at the conference whose name. So this guy Carl Benjamin, he like he says it talks about this guy Philip uh, was waiting to see this guy called Carl Benjamin, who's like well known within these circles. Um, and on the article, the Pink News article, it says um, he's a fan of Carl Benjamin and is also a Trump supporter. Um, and I and it, I guess it, obviously the whole point is like it builds around this like idea about you no know, these conservative people. They're obviously like they're like tenuous links, but they're saying, well, you know, like a Trump supporter, therefore, and people don't like Trump, so that means his views against like men's rights and activists um, must also be wrong, or like you know a certain way. And yeah. I, I wish I wish I didn't do that sort of stuff, just because I think it stands alone. Like as I was like looking into it, like, um, and then I kind of watched a couple of like YouTube videos just today, and it only asked. It only posed more questions and gave me like, inf- like not loads of information, but it, it definitely stands on its own. And it, and it kind of, to me, it discredits like things when you start adding in these things that aren't related, but also controversial in some way, you know? Have you ever heard of the documentary called The Red Pill? No, but they talk about The Red Pill um, with this woman who's also a men's, who's like a leader of the men's rights activists. Have you seen it, The Red Pill? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I watched it years ago. It was... um. It's a documentary, and it basically, it, it, it initially, the woman who made it was a feminist, and she identified as a feminist for over 10 years, mm. and she took it upon herself to expose the men's rights movement as what she thought was an anti-feminist movement, um, a misogynistic group of men who got together and hated about women. Um, do you remember she, the woman's name? Oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't remember it. It's not this woman, Karen Strain, is it? No, it's not her. Okay, so um, she just put it. Anyway, uh, carry on. She said, I'll just Google the name here. Red Pill. Um, Cassie J, filmmaker. Oh, yeah. Cass, Cassie J's. Um, <clears throat> so, but in, in, her, in her strife to um, understand more about what the men's rights were, she interviewed like over 40 people, and she kept a video diary along the way. Um, and what she quickly became aware of is the more she spoke to men's rights activists, the more she realized that it wasn't so much the men were saying stuff wrong. It's that her perception of what they're saying in her head, she formed an argument against females with it. Um, 
and it was it was, a, it was an interesting documentary but basically she then she then decided to not I wouldn't say be a feminist anymore but she then started to change her perception of what the men's rights movement was but whenever she came to release the documentary it was met with a lot of backlash um, from people who had never even seen it and the reason being is because it's described as a pro-men's right movement people automatically put it down as an anti-female thing um, and there was petitions to have it um, not shown in cinemas to have it banned in Australia like all this stuff was going on from people who had never even seen it all because feminists had claimed it was this anti-female propaganda oh wow um, yeah but it's it's sort of and it's sort of weird because I I would identify more with, with men's rights movements than uh, than, I, than I thought I would and it's I, I, I don't want and the stigma that comes with that is a lot of people who think you are and it's it's sort of and this is why I thought this BBC thing was very decisive is it sort of wanted you to think that anyone who's pro men's rights is classed the same as Trump supporters and it's not it's not the case mm. um, the, so, there was that American guy that I thought spoke quite well, do you remember that for some reason they well they they spoken to two people that attended this event, and one was that German guy. Do you remember? And then they had the American guy, and he was just saying like he agrees with some of the points. He does find some of it quite extreme, and it's important to go to these events. But to to do it, there is that danger that if you surround yourself solely with those that are like minded, that you'll find yourself getting to a dangerous point and not necessarily being completely open to different sets of ideas. You know, and I thought that was a really important yeah. point. Um, yeah, well, the, the woman in the documentary, well, I think her name was Tracy Farrell. She mm. says it's, um, she said these type of things, it's not, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a bit here, but she says pretty much it's not a place that's full of misogyny, but it's a place where misogyny can easily happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think like you miss the point of, and it says it both in that documentary, but I watched something out of where like, because a lot of it is steeped in hate or fear that perfectly valid points can get missed because of people's attitudes towards their ideas of what both feminism are and what like men's rights are um because i'm like the opposite like i wouldn't naturally um associate myself agreeing with like the idea even this like the simple idea of men's rights if i'm honest I, because i even in the in the the show and then the the YouTube clip that I sent you, which I still find very interesting. I find it just interesting as it is. I sent Ashley this clip and it's basically men's rights activists versus feminists. Um, oh, you all right? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what did I just say? Um, you're talking about how you don't identify with men's rights. There are some really good points that I, I wouldn't... It says that men believe that they are... These men believe that men in general are now the ones being mistreated and that they are losing out and that they're like the bottom of the totem pole, right? Or the hierarchy, whatever okay. it is. And I don't... Yeah. I, I fundamentally don't believe that. Like, I believe that's definitely quite the opposite, right? I don't believe that men are now 
worse off but it, than any other demographics. But I guess it, it, it comes down to what you're measuring, what your metrics are. What are you measuring it against? Well, they would speak about two things in particular, men's rights when it comes to um, domestic abuse and, and like um, the prison system in particular, death penalty, and talks about uh, custody rights. And those two yeah. things kept on coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense to me based on the little or no information I have that men will be seen differently. If, men, if a man and a woman committed the same crimes... Um, a man will be sentenced much harsher than a woman, right? And I believe, off of my own bias or generalization, that that could be true. No, it's, and, true. it's fact. Yeah. That is fact. Yeah, for sure. And that mothers will, when it comes to custody battles, mothers' rights heavily outweigh fathers' rights. Right? But I believe that that could be true or is true, right? Um, but then I think it's true because females mothers more times than men win custody sole custody of the kids yeah and things like domestic abuse i think that men are less likely to open up about the abuse that they do when women can abuse men the same way that men can abuse women in relationships um i'm not saying there's more or less i i, I don't know i would say that men abuse women more in a domestic physically anyway um well they, they, in, in they domestic talk situations. about that don't they in this yeah. documentary they talk because this guy which i don't know i can't remember what he said word for word but he talked about i think he said that men are more likely to suffer domestic abuse and then this is when the filmmaker pulled across the um the german guy and said do you agree with what he said and he goes i don't agree or disagree with it and then the filmmaker puts up the stats how um is it like i can't remember what he said but basically it was nine point or seven point something percentage of I have it written down here somewhere um yeah 7.9 um seven yeah this guy on the documentary called don said men are more likely to experience domestic abuse um and then the filmmaker said do you believe do you agree with this and he goes i kind of don't agree or agree with it and it talked about how 7.9 percent of women experience domestic abuse whilst it's 4.2 percent of men but again it doesn't sort of take into those hard facts are like astonishing you're right but it doesn't take into effect that are men more likely to talk about the domestic abuse that they that, that this is only reported cases so mm. it's not like so it, it's you, you don't know what happens behind closed doors but the thing is just, especially when it comes to these match so, so my first thought over these when i was watching this was right like i get i get that i understand that men might be less likely to report domestic abuse because of any stigma that might be in place um, and protection as well, because people might not believe a man being abused by a woman, potentially, especially physically, um, and custody rights and stuff. But I also believe that these situations were also created by men. So, what sense? Well, because fundamentally, men have controlled the way that um, the world works, right? So that was because I was thinking it because I was like, well. Some when I was reading up, some people's perception of these men's rights groups were in response to the feminist groups, right? Not for the points that they're trying to make. So as opposed to saying we need a men's right activist group because men suffer in custody situations. For example, um, the perception was that it's in response to discrediting what feminists say about what they're doing. Therefore, saying that you know the, the, I don't know, the women are wrong or they're not right in saying this 
whatever facts they may or may not say, or like their stunts. But if men suffer in custody battles, they would suffer in custody battles because of what men have done in the past, not because of what the power that women have. Because my belief is that women wouldn't have, um, feminists wouldn't have the power to influence that bias or that narrative already, right? So if the, the men believe that they, have, they need to have their rights, need to be equal to women in these cases, but they should be directing that towards the men that had created and follow through with the way that people perceive it. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. And I, and I get, um, I guess it has a little bit of truth in it, from my opinion. I, I would say that each case should be dealt with individual, individually and not sort of the bias of some other person's experience with men brought in to say, oh, actually, because I, because in the past men have historically been bad fathers, then we should make the judgment that all men in future should be bad fathers who so will give custody to the, the female. That doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, you're right in the sense of, you know, historically men are bad fathers, but you also have historically women. Oh, I never said, women. I never said, I never said that. I was talking about the people that are making the judgments. I was saying, so if the courts and the law says that women are heavily favoured, or people's judgments, if it's a jury or a judge, whatever it is. I'm not talking about the actual dads and the, re the, the reason why it exists. I'm saying that the people that made the decision in the first place come from men, right? So law works on like precedent and the reason why they will follow the laws now is because something like it happened before and a decision at some point was made. That would have been a man making that decision because they would have had more influence at the time, right? And same with like media and news and perception. Fundamentally, it's driven by men, right? Um, uh, I mean, again, I guess it's hard to say. I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think. Maybe I'm not understanding you well enough, but I don't think that is. You're saying that because historically men set the law they've set a law up that doesn't favor them and now they're complaining. Is that what you're saying? Basically. Yeah. Um, I think that the laws, the law set up is set up to protect the, the kids. Um, the law doesn't say, I mean, the law doesn't say it, it's down to, I'll give you an example. And it's an example that they cover in, um, in the red pill documentary. So this man and a woman, and I can't remember, it's so long since I thought about the story, mm. but, this, this man and woman separated and they had a son. And the dad led a very healthy lifestyle and the mom and the mom's family led a very unhealthy lifestyle um, with regards to weight. And I think the man would exercise, watch what he eats. And he noticed that his son would put on a lot of weight whenever they he was with the mom's family. So... He couldn't, I can't remember why, but he couldn't come out and say, hey, what's going on? You're mis you're abusing this kid with regards to food. Um, because, you know, what kid's going to say, I want to eat salads over chips? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, like the world doesn't, like, kids usually want chips over salad. Mm. Um, so what he did is he built up this r routine 
where as part of his morning routine, he would weigh himself so that anytime his son was coming to visit, his son would buy into this routine. And he then documented the weight changes in his son from when he visited and stayed and ate healthily versus when he was going to his parents' house or the, the mum's side of the family and would come back and be weighty again. And he took this data and said, you know, anytime my son is with the mum and with the mum's family, he is worse off because they don't feed him right, they do whatever. Um, and the ruling wasn't to say to the mum, you know, you need to look after your kid better. It was then ruled that the kids shouldn't finish, the, the kids shouldn't visit the dad anymore because the dad was highlight, highlighting the problem. So it's not, it's not a case of the laws are in place to be against men and that's the way the men wrote the law. It's a case of the men, the laws are set up to protect the kids. Unfortunately, society dictates that females make better parents than males mm. and that is why the majority of the cases, um, uh, the, the women get custody. But it's not just custody. It's like, it is a lot of things that, um, what, what the men's right movement uh, you know, are, are, are battling for and it's things like paternity fraud which is exclusively exclusively affects men um, what's that? Placed, uh, paternity frauds paternity frauds? yeah what's that? oh it's um, when the, a woman would falsely identify a a man is the father of their kid so to get the money for the kid. Ah. Yeah. Paternity, okay. paternity fraud. Workplace deaths higher than men. Suicide higher in men. War deaths higher in men. Um, sentencing disparity we talked about before. Favours female over men. Life expectancy. Men's life expectancy is lower than female. Child custody which you spoke, spoke about. Child support. Um, false rape allegations, cr criminal court bias, um, education. Females are doing a lot better in education than men. Homelessness. There's a lot more homelessness, homeless men than there is female. Um, there's a big thing about infant mean infant male genital mutilation. Yeah. Um, there's the lack of parental choice once a child has been conceived from the male's point of view. Um, and then also just there's a lot less lack of resources for male victims of domestic violence. I think what what the men's rights movement, from my understanding of what they're doing, it's not so much saying we need to take away from females. It's that they need to equal the playing field and these things that matter most, like life expectancy, spending time with your family. These are these are suicide rates, homelessness. These are these are big, big things. Um, and I watched, I watched another video on it as well is... You have you have the things where it's like male female husband wife, um, and you're you're familiar for the term misogyny, yeah? Yep. Do you know what the opposite of misogyny is? I read it earlier today. What is it? Misandry. Mm-hmm. It's just a lesser known term because people don't believe it exists, um, and it does exist. It exists in, in various different forms. Um, it. And an example which we're all probably aware of is you can't, for example, in TV adverts, you can't have a family set up without the dad being a moron. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, the, the dad can't cook a simple meal without the wife there making sure it's okay. 
you know, the dad can't do anything without the mum making sure it's okay. It, guys are portrayed as idiots a lot, and it's accepted, but it's not. No, there's no voice against it. So the, the, all these different forms of misandry as well come into play. Which, if it was reversed, and if it was a female portrayed, and we 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 had it where a portray, females portrayed too sexually, there's uproar about it. But there's not when it comes to a, a male body being um, ogled over. So there there is there's different things that are at play. That's not just child custody and things like that. Mm. The thing is, is that I do agree that men have issues that they need to raise and deal with. I just don't think that it's like if you say like an equal playing field or something, you know, in terms of like some of these. I just think that uh, I don't know. My natural inclination would be like that. Still, you know, like women would lose out in these situations generally, and I think. I don't know. I guess what is difficult is the wording because when I looked up, I looked up feminism, I looked up men's rights, and just just across the board, like the wording was very very different. So when it spoke about men's activists and men's rights, it was um, it was very. It had a lot to do with there was a lot of words of extremists, a lot of words of terrorism, a lot of words of um, mass murders. So people had you know associated with like these different like subgroups had, you know, um, well, committed mass murders. And when it's talking about feminism, it's talking about women's rights and um, the disadvantage that they've had in life and stuff like that. And it, it was just interesting to me that the approach is very different online for both because it made me think. Because I, I would agree with... I don't, I don't... I still don't think that... In the grand scheme of things, I think men are significantly better off than women, like, hands down. And I don't believe that... There, I think if there needs to be a men's rights activist group, it needs to focus on the issues at hand, not the way that women speak about issues of men and things being taken away from them. So instead of talking about they don't get this and they don't get that in comparison to women, I don't think I think it should focus on just what they should or should have that's right for them. I think you're um, comparing the two on a very different scale because for example going back to one of the not this current wave of feminism but the, this is fourth wave of feminism but if you go back to third wave fem feminism which is about 100 years ago mm. it was all about women not having the right to vote and it wasn't about uh, what they do have it wasn't about this empire woman to you know they, they can stay in the kitchen and they can do this going back this is you know, turn of the century stuff it wasn't about that it was about well why are we lacking in these areas like the vote when we we matter as much as men and i think the big difference is is you're comparing modern day fourth wave feminism where it is talking about empowering women um and you're expecting men to play the equal bet playing field in areas where they're where, where they're very much behind no but, still, about, for but i would still agree with what i'm saying because men aren't starting from behind uh, overall like it's not like in what in what sense and what in what metric in education men are behind and homelessness men are behind and suicide rates men are behind it's it's you can't you, it's it's impossible to compare the two and think there's a one solution fits all no i'm not saying there's a one solution fits all i would just when you're, you're saying men are men are not starting from behind but in what metric 
because if you measure in regards, if you measure in regards of education, we, women are doing far more, far better in education than our males. But, but what you're saying is, I don't think women are treated differently. I think it's the way that men perceive themselves. Like for example, like, and that's different. I think that's the way that we treat. That's got to do with how we like treat children. You know, like, um, and then because there's pressure. I think there's pressure on men to behave a certain way, right? That that's for sure. Society puts a pressure on yeah. men to behave a certain way, and if you don't, then you might be seen as less masculine, less of a man. Um, you know, if you end up being smart in school and doing well, um, I never really experienced it myself too much, I guess. But people can be bullied for doing well in school if you're a boy, right? Like, you know, you, all the good kids are jocks, and uh, you know, is this like like the idea that this happens, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say that that forms every part as to why women might. Uh, women do better in education than men right yeah less so than they i mean arguably the women are doing this despite the fact that at one point they were told that educations weren't necessary for them it's in response to the fact that at one point they weren't allowed to have the same education as men right so they take they're not taking for granted necessarily or you know they're, they're making the most of the opportunity that they have Whereas, you know, the pressure, I, th I think there's pressures on men that need to be removed, right? This idea that, uh, you remember the I beginning think, of think... the, the, uh, the show, the guy Philip talks about in Germany, to be a real man, you need those three things, which is to build a house, have a child and cut down a tree. Yeah. Um, and for some people, that kind of mentality still exists, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Which I, and I don't believe that to be true. Um, and I think that they're the kind of things that needs to change. But that comes from other men and some women who, and, and, and I'm sure women as well, but some women will believe that a man needs to be strong and silent and cut down trees and build their house with them, for sure. But I just think that those ideals will still come from men. And that, that's where I'm getting at, I think, more than anything. Um, whereas women wouldn't have had that. They're still, the reason why they would need to, they don't have these basic rights is because they were basic fundamental rights and there are some rights that men needs to have but there are more issues within society that men needs that needs to be addressed for men men aren't losing out because they've got a higher suicide rate it's because they don't have the same resources in some ways to help them protect themselves it's not like the it's not like the society telling them to do something it's the pressures that come inherently with being a man in some instances yeah so it's it's not about equality of outcome it's about equality of opportunity but they're self-imposed, is what I'm saying. So, like, women's were imposed by men. Men's are imposed by men. Right? Um, well, I think... Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because let's take, for example, um, domestic abuse. There is more opportunities and more centres and support in place for victims of female domestic abuse than there is for male domestic abuse and that's so, because men have shown it, that they're more prone to domestic to abuse physically abusing their female counterparts than the other way around or it's a case of there's a better emphasis or more emphasis put on victims of female victims of, of domestic abuse versus male victims of domestic abuse and, and so you know it all comes down to money at the end of the day so more money is put in place to support females than it is to support males and mm. I think, I think, in a society where, where, it's sort of, you know, by your own words, run by men, it's um, men have men have 
cut off their nose to spite their face by, by the sounds of it is what I'm hearing because men have decided to help women they're not helping themselves but then at the same time if they were to reduce the amount of money to give to female um, victims of abuse they would get the backlash from feminism saying well actually this is not right because you're saying that female domestic abuse is important isn't important because you're cutting the funding I'm saying we're like no what we're saying is we're giving the same funding for everyone uh, but I think that's where it's a bit difficult because then and this is where like conversations I guess like get bigger and wider and stuff is because then you need to go back and be like well why the reason why there is more resource into female domestic abuse survivors is because men are more likely or were more likely or more seen as abusing their wives and their partners why are men more likely I... to do so and then there that's where like there needs to be systems in place where children are educated and looked after to say that it's not okay to treat women a certain way whereas um growing up now i don't even say nowadays treat anyone treat anyone a certain way yeah just women um well men will treat men differently than they will treat women like you know like the way that you'd yeah, speak but if to you're, men if you're, if you're educating if you're educating the general public it's you should like you shouldn't be educating that like I always say, like, but you need to unlearn some things. Though I will say that you need you'll, at this point where we are right now, you're still trying to unlearn certain things. Like it is not okay to touch a woman in a certain way, and if a woman says no, I still think that learning that unlearning is still happening. Personally, um, and I think there's a lot of unlearning in regards to how men are perceived as well. Because if you go back again, given back the time where you mentioned about where education probably wasn't set up for females, the same place it was set set up for men, is men i believe have always been raised to with the understanding that their life is not as important as a female's life and that's a genuine thought you I think not, that now i i don't think it's currently happening now but i think historically it is the, the thought that a male life isn't worth as much as a female life what? it comes down to th- it, it comes down to things like if there's a war happening men are drafted into war female aren't drafted into war ma- ma- males are drafted into war if there's a if there is a Hold disaster on. or, but that's or, not because it, it's about their lives. It's saying that men, women aren't. It's a privilege to serve your country, and uh, women aren't it, strong enough to do that. That, that no, it's no. That's a very that's a very twisted argument. It's saying that your life is your life is expendable. You can go out and die for your country and look at it as an honor, but at the same time, you're going to die. You know, it it and even to the point where you know on this on the sinking of the Titanic. It wasn't male, female children. It was women and children, women and children only. Um, at the minute, only you know, women and children. Men, you have to die to let the female play. So, there there are examples throughout history of where men are taught to understand that their life isn't worth the same as a female life. Uh, but it's not less than; it's more than. What do you mean? If if but- you're saying. If we were if we're in the Titanic and I'm and you're 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 saying okay, there's a seat left, male. It's 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 your obligation to give up that one seat to a, a woman, because women and children first. Not that there's any apparent reason why women and children should be first, but it's just the the way things are done. What, but the, the apparent the apparent reason is it's because it is the men's duty because they it is the men's duty to look after those that they must protect. So they are stronger. Exactly. Therefore, the children and women are weaker, right? They, so, yes. So that, what I'm so saying is... It is their to, right and their duty to, to look but, after them. And so well, that's why they will put them into the boat. So we're saying that... What I was saying is we need to unbuild those 
social constructs from years ago where it says it's a man's duty to do this. It's not a man's duty to do that anymore. I can 100% guarantee you if there was a fire, the feminists would be the first out that door and saying, sorry, women and children first. It's not a case of that. It's a case of back off. I'm getting this out this door. And that's that's the way the world works these days. So you have to socially deconstruct with regards to, because this is, this is what you said to me about the education about females and how we're setting up this system where men have already, it's, in, it's going through generations. You know, we have to then look at the same for men and say, you know, your duty isn't no longer to protect women and children. It's to protect yourself. What's that got to do with the education, educating children? Yeah, we, we were talking about how um, we need to, I can't remember, but if you listen, we'll come back. But we're talking about how we need to educate people today about the values of what they can do today versus not what they did ages ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not to, I'll go back, I'll just want to go back just to, because I think, it's more like the phrasing you're saying that men's lives are worth less because that's not that's not the case at all. Like, I don't think they're the same. I think the way that you're putting it is that men might treat other men's life as worthless by saying that they can serve their country and and be in armies and and things like that. So they're they are men in higher positions within like I don't know, like the captain of the boat, or the Titanic, or whatever it is. They would have said the instruction would have been from that man to say protect the women and, and children whatever and, and that's still you know not that man it would have been it's from society but that society being led by by a man or men but we need to we, it is important to say that men should protect themselves as well as their family but it also needs to say that women can also protect themselves and their family as well it's 100%. not, it's not like, I think that's, it's not to say, because I think it would have been before that men must protect their women and children because they can't protect themselves. Um, and it's their duty and their right to do so, for example. Um, but I think, I, I think what's really difficult is, is because, and maybe it's just because the thing that I sent on the YouTube thing, it is really interesting. It's just that when the men were speaking about their reason behind the way that they think and why they're men's activists and stuff, they often highlighted the fact that it would be a good idea to go back to the way things were, that things were more traditional, that, you know, a man and a woman would get married and they have a child and have a house and that would make more sense. And I think that fills me with, like, um, uncertainty just because it seems regressive and then you know because they want to stand up for themselves but they want to be able to do it by being like the dominant force or feature within a household for example or within you know because like it's the same as like any sort of issue if it feels like other people are getting the same opportunities as you it seems like a subtraction as opposed you know they've taken something away from you so as a man if a woman had the same opportunity or the same platform they're taking away from the men when in fact they're not they're just getting the opportunity that's there for them and i i don't i don't believe that women have more rights than men do now i don't i don't fundamentally believe that 
because I still think that women will be working on the back foot and they're still working towards getting um, the same social standing footing as everybody else in the world. I don't think the world is and will be equal in our time, probably, um, across the board. But it's difficult for me to accept that men say that they need to be put on an equal like playing field or something when they've always been ahead, they've always been in front. So they might, not, they might be losing their head start. We might be losing the fact that we were miles and miles ahead and now it's getting closer to being potentially, I'm not saying it is, you know, more of an equal playing field. But, but, again, but we're not. Like, it's, it's, it's the metrics that you, you're saying that, you're saying, I can understand what you're saying and I understand the angle you're coming from. But I can, I can, when you're, when you're talking about things like life expectancy, it's like, it's out of, it's out of, like, what, how can you blame men's short or life expectancy on something that men have constructed? It's, well, it's funny enough that that came up in the YouTube thing as well. So uh, there was a woman on there and this um, feminist had said that the, the reason why men's life expectancy is less is because of the societal pressures that men feel that adds stress to themselves and their bodies. And which I think leads to things like suicide, um, higher suicide rates in men, because you're told not to cry and, and show your emotions. You're told to keep things in and be strong for your family and for yourself and to be a man. And that internalized struggle causes stress within the body, which then makes your life expectancy lower than that of women. So the inability to express yourself as a man and the pressure that you feel to be more of a man contributes to the fact that your life expectancy is lower. That is the reason why. So then we would need to address why men are conditioned to feel that being masculine means that uh, you must be strong with your family and that you're more, you're less of a man if you open up. I think what it's, um, what's becoming clear is a lot of the argument back is not so much about how to improve things moving forward but it's putting blame on things in the past. So like, for example, if somebody's saying, well, the reason why life expectancy is so low in men or lower in men than it is in women is because the society pressures and this and that. I think that's, that's, that's a very one-sided argument back to say, yeah, look at what the guys put the pressure on themselves to achieve. Any wonder they're failing. And it's not about, well, actually, um, let's look at the stats of how much money goes into supporting um, women health versus men's health, it, you know. It, no, but that's what I think the problem is. I don't think it, I think it needs to take away, I think it might look back into the past, but the problem is, like, but, but look what the women are getting. No, it's not what the women are getting, because if you want to put whatever metrics and scales there are, it's not about what they're getting. You just need to say, okay, well, there's not enough support for men's mental health, for example. Not in comparison to, well, women get more mental health um, support in this instance. More women get more domestic um, help abuse in this instance it, it just needs to be okay well men suffer domestic abuse men have suffered domestic abuse in these situations this is why there needs to be support i think it's in men's i think it's i think it's a nice um i think it's a nice way that the the resolution is given that we need to acknowledge that men suffer domestic abuse like i said before when it comes down to who's paying the, the funds what do we take away money from female domestic abuse or to, to support men? No, because that will have a backlash. There's, there's, there's no win-win in this. It is just recognizing the problem doesn't help the problem go away. 
but I think recognizing it is important, and I think that's an important part of what any 100%. sort of men's rights would be was to be. And I don't think that all issues are recognized within men. I don't think it's highlighted that things do happen to men for sure. What I don't agree with is that, therefore, men are at a disadvantage. I will. I just can't fundamentally agree with that premise, and I think that that's where sometimes it comes from because it's not. I just. I just wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree that men are disadvantaged more disadvantaged and it's not and it's not sorry the wording is i don't i think men can be disadvantaged but i don't believe they are more disadvantaged than women and i think that's the point that i'm trying to get at whereas sometimes we're like yeah but women get this but it's not about what they get because they're not taken away from you you're talking about funds right you're saying okay so is it right that i give more funds to women who suffer domestic abuse they didn't take that funding away from you that funding they didn't take that from men what we're saying is men need funding but the argument is, but look what women get. Well, no, that's not what we're trying to say because they still need the money. That's not it at all. But, you know, the perception is, is that my argument has to be, well, women get this. Well, they got that. Why don't I get the same? Therefore, I'm not equal. I think, but that's not true. That's not true at all. Well, I think the argument I'm hearing is um, because men apparently run society, it's, it's our own fault that we have higher suicide rates. It's our own fault that um, we we do we do worse in education. It's our own fault that homelessness is higher in males than it is females because no. that's what men it's, it's what men have constructed for themselves. I mean, in the very definition, it's victim blaming, but it's a victim game. Did you say victim blame blaming? Mm-hmm. I I I'm not saying that men. Are, well, I did say that. The issues that men are having stem from issues that men have made themselves, right? But I think that the problem is, is the, the response is, look at what is happening on the women's side. Instead of addressing, no. instead of addressing what, what men need, what they need, it's to debunk or, you know, look at what the facts are or whatever feminists say or do. It's to disprove or discredit what the women are saying in these instances, all these feminist groups, as opposed to just highlighting ways that they can spread their news. Is is what I, I'm saying. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. When you're talking about, for example, when I'm saying things like, you know, when it comes to government financing and i'll use the same example game of resources for victims of domestic abuse there is a set pot of money for that they can't just magically create more money for that agreed i don't know how government funding is allocated but i'm not saying that there's like say i'm not saying there's like a hundred pounds and this hundred pounds must go to domestic abuse so therefore, ninety-five pounds of that one hundred is going to go to women, and then the other five is going to go to men. The question would be in my head, and obviously this is very um, what be the word because it's not the right word, you know, like it, idealistic is to be like, well, how can we make this one hundred pounds, two hundred pounds worth of funding? Is but I don't think that the right thing to say. Well, okay, we've got this hundred pounds. We need to spend it. We only get five pounds, and the women get ninety-five pounds that's not right because then you know i would then argue okay well that's a hundred pounds out of a hundred thousand pounds you've got a hundred thousand pounds women here only have twenty thousand pounds so yeah in this situation we're getting more allocated but in the grand scheme of things 
you still have more, if that's the argument. You still have all of these things, all of this control, you still are not at fear of your life or, you know, backlash from man or anything like that because you still fundamentally have this huge amount um, of money that you've allocated to yourself. Just to point out a stat as well, um, when you say fear for life, do you know that m more men are victims of homicide than there are females? So I think men have more of a of a right to fear fear for their life than a female. And men, more often men are... But that's not to do with killed. homicides as in like women... Is that women killing men? Or men killing men? It's a mixture of both. I'd just be interested to see if how many of you know these homicides are committed by who because I, I don't think that stat relates because it would be then you know men put in that situation because you know I, I don't know if it happens but men are more likely to hit men than they are women right in sorry in non-domestic abuse like you know like you hear like oh, I couldn't possibly hit a woman and you know street fights and all these sort of things tend to happen I feel like with men I don't know about you but like if I was in a nightclub whenever I used to see fights and stuff it would always be between groups of men it, it was very rarely, if ever, with women involved. Um, I've definitely seen fights with women involved as well. I think men probably fight more. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's it's associated as a masculine trait to be aggressive. Yeah, and I feel like that might be the same for things where, like, I don't know, criminal acts happen, and especially fighting and um, killing, I guess. Because people what is interesting is like you tend to get a lot of and, and it's so weird because even within like race issues and stuff like that you tend to get a lot of like black people killing other black people as opposed to like i don't know white people and things like that and you wouldn't necessarily think that if they're supposed to be like race issues and people from different like backgrounds and stuff but i just i think that that stems from i i think those things stay within themselves if is, is what i'm saying i don't i don't think that because homicides tend to be they're very rarely anonymous, right? They're not anonymous killings. People don't go around just killing strangers, random people. Mm. I think, uh, yeah. Go ahead. So that would make sense to me then because, you know, men will be angry at men or lash out more because we're taught to not hit girls, I guess. Yeah, and I, I guess my argument is we shouldn't be taught not to hit girls. We should be taught not to hit anyone. Oh, Absolutely. I 100% agree. Yeah. Because I remember on The View not that long ago where, and it was only Whoopi Goldberg, and she got a bit of backlash for it, I think, where somebody said, oh, a guy should never hit a girl. And Whoopi's like, no. Nobody should ever hit anyone. Mm -hmm. If a woman is going in to punch a man, she should go in with the expectation she's going to get punched back. We've had this conversation before because I'm like, I don't yeah. have a problem with slapping a bitch if she... I'm never going to hit someone first. No. But but if somebody hits me, male or female, I'll hit them back. Mm. Um, and that's yeah. that's just the way it is. So don't ever go up to hit somebody without the expectation of they can't hit you back mm. because it's not the way it works. But um, interesting conversation, Matthew, about uh, men's rights. I think, and I'd like to look into men's rights a bit more, especially when it comes to, I think a lot of things that I'm saying are based on like, uh, and it was interesting reading, the, I, I keep jumping, the two different sides when I typed in feminism and, and men's rights, because it's heavily skewed, heavily, heavily skewed out of the men's rights favour and into, and, and I guess because feminism has been around potentially for a lot longer it, as, a, as like a, a, an idea 
idealistic view or institutional whatever. Um, yeah. But I think um, what, 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 what rattles me a lot with it is we, as, as a society today, accept the fact that women have issues and we should be encouraging these people to talk more about it. When today society is dealing with serious issues like homelessness and suicide and life expectancy for men and men want a platform to be able to address these and it's 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 um it's i can't think of the word but it's torn away it's almost treated like it's not important enough to talk about and it's coming from me in my my opinion is a very feminist approach that men can't talk about these things because it takes away from what we want to achieve for women's rights and i know you argued with me there that you know it's not about you know, men giving this and then all of a sudden want to back. It's women can't seem feminist, not women, sorry. Mm. Um, feminists can't seem to appreciate the fact that men need a platform to talk about things like child support. And because essentially what will come down to is, if, for example, if men want equal bearing in child custody battles, it means that females won't get the child, if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. it's going to sway towards... And I think that's what, in my opinion, rattles feminists up is because in these scenarios where men are pushing for, it's going to de detract away from the, what, what, what females get. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. I think so. And it might even be like to this point where like, they'll be like, well, we've only got a few things, so why are they going to take this from us or whatever? And I still think there's a belief, because funny enough, I had this conversation the other day with someone when they were just saying like... Um, now, I don't have my own child, right? I don't have a child and I'm a gay man, so I... I fully expects to have a relationship with a male and if I have a family with children that will be two males. They were saying that they believe that um, women are just, like a, a woman is needed in a child's development and growth and that um, women are better at rearing children. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's like inherently true. I think, and he was like, yeah, well, what about like breastfeeding? And I was like, well, I don't think you need to breastfeed as far as I'm aware. There's like, not every, not every female does. But I think there's still a belief, basically, is what I'm saying, that women are the the ones that rid, that that grow children, right? What's the word not grow? What am I saying? They're the best to care for children. Um, when I don't know if that's necessarily true, and I still think that obviously it goes in women's favours, um, and that there would have been, you know, there are men in the past that would have helped support that narrative by being poor fathers, for example, and absent fathers, whereas yeah. um, I believe that men can be very good parents as well as women. And I also believe that women can be very bad parents, um, you know, left on their own. Um, and I do agree with you, although I didn't really say it. I, I feel like maybe I understand a little bit when you're talking about the allocation of funds and support to women's rights and men's rights and things like that. Because politically, how can you get away with saying that I'm going to support um, literally, right, like straight white males in their uh, um, fight to better themselves mentally when there are so many other demographics that are deemed to need more support. And instead of spreading the wealth of the love, it's like, okay, well, look, there's a poor, you know, family, uh, you know, these people of color with poor mental health issues, we need to treat them first. And it's, and, and it also looks better if I do that, you know, if I give all of the funds to this, cause you can't get away with it. And I think that's also a part of a problem is that, you know, visibly you'll look better by supporting 
those that we've all deemed as most vulnerable and potentially are most vulnerable in some cases and then completely forgetting that it might be some of these issues are um, humanitarian issues as opposed to demographic issues you know like they're not they don't ju not just these select group of people suffer from this actually everybody at this point is suffering in certain situations yeah. um you know but they don't win the headlines for example exactly i think i think the the, the web of what we we've, we've picked out a thread of is mm. so woven into different areas of society whether it be you know work uh families jobs relationships it, it, it sort of it, it it sort of goes deep into roots of everything that you can't just pick apart and get a solution mm. in like what an hour and a half podcast so um it is, it, it, it is it is it's, it's good and, and i'm not saying i'm writing a lot of things i say i'm just looking at the facts and saying you know it's hard to argue with anyone who says that male suicide rates being higher than females isn't an issue I'm not saying that the outcome of that is, you know, take away from women and give to men. It's how do we get a solution that suits everyone? Mm. Absolutely. I think because... there's a lot of pressure on men. Masculinity is really under attack at this point. I, I'd say at this point in time, masculinity is really, really um, addressed and attacked, but not necessarily in productive ways because some people believe that masculinity should exist. Some people think it's toxic masculinity. Some people believe that they are less masculine if they open up about certain things and just addressing what it is is in general you know because um yeah we should talk with that because i you know we, we have opinions on that as well but um mm. but maybe yeah. not today no no it's a bigger one but be interesting i've um i've got this conversation yeah no i liked it i like um because i i i quite i quite like men's right activism and what annoyed me what narked me a lot is, i thought you might is, I, I totally... <laughs> and when, when you sent it to me i was like 100 percent, this is going to be heated um there was a, and it, it, it stems from there's a politician and her name she's from birmingham and her name is uh, jess phillips oh yeah uh, yeah she's Brit british labor party politician i always remember a video which i seen years ago where this meal politician went and said that he thinks there should be i think there was like something woman's day or i can't remember what it was it was a day to set aside to honor um areas in which women need to grow and get support in and he he went and he argued that he he believes there should be a, the same day for men because men have issues like the ones i've listed before like you know suicide and homelessness and education and men are lacking and we need a day you know we should have a day that men can address this and she sneered and i just thought it was like as much as she's a brilliant politician and a lot of other a lot of other elements um but it was the fact the way she sneered and said something like if you think men don't have days to talk about this stuff you're 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 massively wrong or so i can't mm. remember what she said but she just basically said she cut him down saying men don't need these days and she then she brought in you know i'm sitting here like i think it was like three female politicians out of 20 and you're telling me men are having a hard life it's like it's not the same like we're not talking about you know that's a whole different argument about why there's only three female politicians in this room versus the 20 men or whatever it was we're talking about the fact and you can't dispute it the fact that men commit more suicides than female if you're saying that's not an issue that needs to be addressed then you you're you're fighting the wrong fight like you you shouldn't be saying men shouldn't men men's suicide rate isn't 
isn't an issue because I'm one of three female politicians. It's a case of how do we how do we how do we how do we get more female politicians, but at the same time decrease the amount of men killing themselves. Mm. So. No, I get that, and I it is know. it is difficult in some ways because that that's where I sort of come from to an certain extent where it's like, well, you know, um, men have so many other days. It's true that it's important. It's there's no. I don't think they would necessarily if a, if women. It's not because women would have a day of celebrating people. Much like we're talking about, you know, lesbian visibility day. Therefore, we must have like a a straight women visibility day. Like that wouldn't be necessary. You know, it wouldn't be necessary because they might not be like well, it's, in comparison like a marginalized group kind of thing. Well, it's but like, I think we talked about like, straight pride. It's like there's no need for straight pride. Um, but I think the issue is the response. Like there's no need. And what, and this is fundamentally my issue with like just politics in general and, and these sorts of, um, whether it's social politics or government politics and things like that. And I do want you to watch this YouTube thing. Honestly, I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I just thought it was really interesting. And I, I'll, I don't know if we can post a link or something. I, I thought it was a really good, really, really interesting uh, thing to watch is all of these points are missed and things like that because of like people's attitudes towards other people's beliefs with, uh, you know, and it, and it just, it gets steeped in like emotion and feeling and, 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 and judgment. And it's like, you know, it, it's, it's reaction like that, that, that discredit a lot of people, you know, if she, if she sneered and, you know, if you don't believe this, this, then it's not, that's not what they're trying to say all the time. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but you, if you react that way, it's only going to go one way, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, people's think reactions like that are horrible. In, in the research this morning, I came across a, a quote, which I thought was poignant. Um, it was as a society, and, and as individuals, we have to stop expecting to be offended every single time. Mm. And it's true. Like, we just can't go into every single thing expecting this is offensive and this really attacks me. It's, it's, it's a case of how do we together build a better society, especially to look at where we're in at the minute. Like, how do we rebuild after the mess that we're in at the minute? That's, the, that's best for everyone. Because there is so much undoing without going back to the past. Ugh, watch this YouTube, like you're saying it. But at the beginning, um, one of the feminists, she she snaps back real hard. I thought a bit much. Now, obviously, it's editing, but I was a bit like, oof, that wasn't necessary. Like, that's not what he said. But then also, um, the, one of the men's activists is talking about going back to the way things were. And it's like, well, we can't go back to the way things We shouldn't go back to the way things were because that's part of the issue. But we also need to unlearn a lot of things and try and think about how things were and then so that we can change going forward kind of thing. But um, no, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, there's no, there's no way that we should go back. That makes zero sense. It's about how we can move forward. Mm. It is very interesting. Great topic, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I was really interested. And there's a lot of new words that have come up that I need to learn, like incel. And I was like, okay. And and misandry. Not misandry. A lot of yeah. With that. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Ashley. Thank you, and thank you to all our listeners for checking us out another week. Have a listen to the episode. Um, if I can work out how to see technology, this one particular video that I posted, I don't know how it will happen, but we'll put it somewhere if it's you possible. Post, you can put it on Twitter. You can post it on Twitter. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I was really interested. It really got me. More so than the BBC one, I will say that. Um, but, yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. I will check it out. All right. Um, I need have to go eat because I'm hungry. You have a lovely week, Ashley. Yeah, you too. Have a great one. Speak soon. Bye. Chat soon. Bye-bye.